Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, Live for this milk cough. What a day. What a holy shit day. Woo! Bye-bye, Russell. Wow. We are live on YouTube right now. Tuesday, March 8th, 1140 in the AM. If you're listening to another version of this podcast that has like Deshaun Watson on the Seahawks, then that means we had to come back later. But for now, that didn't happen. That hasn't that, happened. I'm not that, that would that. be a pretty big curveball, guy. <laughs> That would be, be a, a curveball. Tim Wakefield Knuckler. Yeah. We, uh, this is an emergency show on a day we we're going to do a show anyway, but we just moved it up to be here, right here, right now. Right here, right now. Right here, right now, right here, right now. John, we are brought to you in part today by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one, where right now you sign up with HAM1, you get a free entry into MyBookie's My Bracket Contest. Predict winners in each round of the MyBookie Bracket Contest for a chance to win a Bitcoin, a Doodle NFT currently valued at over $50,000, and $100,000 more in cash prizes. Sign up right now at HAM1 or at MyBookie.ag. HAM1 is the promo code. To secure free entry, selections of the bracket officially begin March 13th. They close March 17th. So get your free entry locked in now. Yep. And if you're watching this live on YouTube, you know, St. Mary's plus 12 and a half against the Zags tonight. Uh, mm. Don't really love that, actually, at all. I like Gonzaga huge. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a blowout city. But you have something up right now on a visual. Pretty interesting because with Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, the ghost of Peyton Manning, uh, Trevor Simeon, the whole crew, they are not a Super Bowl contender. We, we've seen them the last several years. They have not even been close. You give them Russell Wilson, they are immediately a Super Bowl contender. And you could argue the only reason this number is, you know, the Broncos are now 18 to 1 instead of being higher is probably because of the division they're in, right? It's just, it's it's not easy to win 12 games. Like they, they could go 10 and 7 with Russ, and it's just harder to win playoff games on the road. I, I would say if you put them in, the AFC South, that number, I mean, the Titans, I guess, have a little worse odds. But to me, if you put them in the AFC South, the Broncos are probably like 13, 12 to 1, not yeah. 18 to 1. Maybe Seattle put them there on purpose, make it harder to make them look bad. You know, you would think you would say that, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, UC Davis, no big deal. Coming over from the Broncos, he just learned the LaFleur Shanahan system. Russell Wilson last year, Shane Waldron. Russell Wilson, right, hired him essentially from the Rams. So there was, yep. it's not like some, how Russell's got to learn this whole new scheme. No, I mean, he just did it, right? That's why he and him and Pete wanted the Rams scheme, and now they got it. 
I don't like that picture, guy. That was when I was fatter. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> you know, it's just he's got the fat face. <laughs> I, you know, well, you don't have jawline, but it's you're just going a, back. You're going, you know. I know, but I can, that, I can tell. I was, you know, a little older, a little chubbier. Yeah, I, well, that's that is uh, old school graphics there. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, all right. If you're watching this live show, please hit that like button. Subscribe to this channel. We're glad so many of you are here today. Flooding, flooding to the show. It's great to have you. If you're listening to the podcast. Um, which is down in the description below. If you don't subscribe to our podcast, it's in the YouTube description. If you share listen, it with your friends, the YouTube link is in the podcast description. Share it with your friends. Can we just before we dive into just topics, can we start saying share it with your enemies? <laughs> share it with your enemies. I like that. Share it with your enemies. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. We are pro enemies here. Just everyone's got some enemies. J- you know? Just a couple. Should we just rattle through some of the comments here? Just people reacting, John. Yeah. Uh, Matt says Niners play Denver this year. That's right. And in fact, Seattle plays hosts Denver this year. Niners play in Denver this year. Uh, here's a comment from America Uncensored. Raiders going to have it hard AF. Yes, they will. Now Very officially good. time for a Raider rebuild. Uh, Evan says, do we have to worry about Seattle going after Deshaun Watson? We're just going to use some of these comments here to set the stage for the for the show today. I th- Peter King or Albert Breer wrote yesterday that the buzz at the Combine was every general manager in the Watson mix was very uneasy about doing any deal as long as everything was still out there. Now, you would say Seattle, I wouldn't say they're a renegade operation, but just historically, they've a little lower standards, you know, a little I Jerry mean, they, Jones level. Yeah, they, they uh, was it Frank Clark? No, who was it Frank Clark they drafted? Yeah, they, they drafted Frank Clark. Yeah. yeah, at a time when it was, I remember... You and I have talked about this. I was just in Seattle that the day it happened. I flipped. I was in the car, turned on the radio. It's the old days, and uh, everyone was pretty mad about it. Like well, he had hit, he had hit her in the hotel room when he was in Michigan, right? And kicked his off his girlfriend. Team. Yeah. So yep. And they still pulled the trigger. Now uh, Andy eventually acquired. So you know he's. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, right. Was, that's right. This is madness, says Scott. This is Sparta, says Jason. <laughs> Sneaky! You see, Mike Williams resigned uh, with the uh, Chargers. Herbert kept a kept a playmaker. Did not say that. Were they going to tag him as a tight end like everybody else? Or uh, yeah, I mean, well, because the tight end because it's so cheap. <laughs> Would you see the splits on Gasicki? It's like Gasicki spent like I don't even know what the percentages are. A very low percentage as a tight end in the slot and then out wide. Would you see the difference between wide receiver tag and the? T- it's an eight million dollar difference. Yeah, I know. It's well, is it eight or seven? Whatever it is, it's I thought eight. it was like eighteen nine wide receiver and, or maybe it was ten nine and eighteen flat. So maybe it's yeah seven. That's a big gap. Like if I'm George Kittle, like what the fuck is the difference of me and some of these other guys? Are you kidding me? I, I kind of like Gasecki. Uh Evan says, does this put pressure on the Colts to get better at QB since the AFC just got better? You know, I had not thought about the Colts yet today. Uh, but that's uh, sure. I mean, what are the Colts options? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Great the question. day started with Rogers, you know, resigning in Green Bay, which was big news because it was finally became official. But I think a lot of people had assumed that he was going to stay. Right. Yeah. Well, it also turned into big news because it led to this, I think. Right. It, it feels to me. Well, we can. Let's dive in, John. Yeah. Should we just dive in? Should we start? We'll get back to some more of these comments. Uh, I agree. Later, like, like, uh, let me. I just want to don't lose any of these, uh, because I might want to get back to them. High Tower. <laughs> Was there a High Tower in here? <laughs> Sucks for High Tower. You know he's got a scheme against the Packers, and they own the Bears. 
Uh, that's right. Niners got a special teams coach. John. Now you could also say that Hightower owns the Packers, right? <laughs> a little spin zone. It's I- a very good point. <laughs> he could take them down. <laughs> he could. It's like it's like uh, there's always one pitcher who owned Barry Bonds. You know, be like Barry Bonds couldn't get a hit off of uh, Bobby Jones or something well, like. Why that. Why bet when Eberflus was pitching to the McCaskey family, he's like, I got a special teams coordinator. They're like, well, what, 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 how is he? Is he a good coach? He's like, just look at the game against the Packers. They're like, we're in. Give him a race. John Lieber. You remember John Lieber, the pitcher? Uh, I, I don't, actually. Oh. How about Tim Belcher? Do you remember Tim Belcher? Uh, I don't either, no. Mm. Jose Rijo. Do you remember Jose Rijo? I, I do remember Jose Rijo. Okay. Yep. Barry Bonds hit 211 off Jose Rijo. 388 on base. But Yeah. I felt like Greg Maddox had some ownage. Greg Maddox might have had some. It feels like that could be right. Yeah. I remember there's a story of some random who had ownage on Greg Maddox. Do you, do you want to start with some lockout talk before we dive into Russell? <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, John, making the bases two inches bigger. <laughs> woo! Stolen bases through the roof stonks. See, I was going to go the other way. What if you made the bases the size of like a golf ball and just made the sport really weird? Just every play at the base is just like one of yeah. these battles <laughs> yeah. to get to the bag. I think that would be even sweet. Maybe like the size of a baseball, you know, or just something. I love that idea. Yeah, play that's, it that's, second and everyone's just dancing around. That's what I, that's what I would do. <laughs> Uh, Philo on the stream says Bonds crushed Maddox. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, he okay. owned Maddox. He owned Greg. John, Russell Wilson was traded. Shocking news. The uh, trade has not yet officially been consummated. That involves DK and Pete Carroll taking their shirts off. But here is what the deal is. Rap sheet says Broncos send Russell Wilson and a fourth, or get Russell Wilson and a fourth. Seattle gets two ones, two twos, a fifth, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant. Shelby Harris is a defensive end. Okay, Noah Fant's a tight end. Drew Locke's a quarterback. Yep. Pretty shocking details, I would say, there. Just there. But I I guessed in my head more is what was exchanged when I heard this trade was done. Well, it's a bad tight end draft. A buddy from the Combine texted me. When uh, after the UCLA kid ran, and I just immediately text first rounder, and he said no third, and I said, and then he responded bad tight end class. Noah Fan, if you remember, was a first round pick. Uh, he is a very talented guy with a lot of speed. That means he's got a fifth year option. So that that player in itself to me has value. Noah Fan, you know, I'd say he's worth on the open market, maybe a second round pick, right? So I I think you have to look at it like that. I, I think say the shocking part is they didn't get three ones. Now, as someone texts me or DM me about the 49ers trade relative to like other trades, they're like, when you give up picks like this year, the Niners for Trey Lance are giving Miami Dolphins, right? Pick whatever, 29. That is not the same as the Denver Broncos. This is always why you do trades before the draft. Remember, we were very critical of the Khalil Mack trade because and you saw it with the Lions, right? The Lions are picking 32. So you're going to give Matt Stafford away for pick 32 and let's say pick 26. That's not ideal. The, the Seattle does get pick nine. Now, I would say pick nine, the value of a pick is a little dependent on the talent in the draft. Now, the way we look at a draft before the draft and a couple years after obviously changes, but you know, pick nine is pretty valuable. 
right? They, they're they're going to say we're going to get an immediate impact starter, even though it's not a quarterback. More, you know, it's not. There's no quarterbacks viewed going there, but you never know. So I'd say pick nine and their second round pick, you know, is pretty good too. So you get two valuable picks immediately in this draft. And then I had forgotten because I immediately go to Wiki because I was like, oh, where did the Denver Broncos pick? Well, I had forgotten that Seattle doesn't have a first-round pick. So it's not like they get, they're coming in hot with two first-round picks because the Jets have their first-round pick. So it's Jamal Adams. It does show that, you know, they're a little desperate. Uh, I, I think this also shows that Russell Wilson wanted out, right? It wasn't, it, to me, it's not just Seattle wanted to get rid of him. Like, it's pretty clear Russell Wilson was done with Seattle. Now, he's lucky he didn't have actually have to kind of go full Rodgers like last year and like totally demand. But I think it's fair to say he was pushing for this, right? Yep. And Seattle's like, fuck it. I'm, we're over it. Let's just move on. Though, when you see that compensation just written out, let's face it, it doesn't look like much, right? This No, it doesn't. It easiest doesn't. trade the Denver Broncos will ever make. Keep in mind, by the way, it was uh, February, just over a year ago, that Schefter said that Russ's agent said he would go to any, he would only go to the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, and Bears. He's not the, the Broncos are not the Cowboys, Saints, the Raiders, or the Bears. So things change. Um, <clears throat> I'm with you. Like for a blockbuster trade, as you said to me before we started, is this one of the biggest trades? In is this the biggest trade? It's definitely one of the biggest trades in NFL history. And part of I think what will make it big is what comes next. The Seattle's clearly trade uh, trading low on Russell, right? Now part of this is Russell's contract, while it has two years left on it, doesn't have any guaranteed money this year or next. So there's, you're probably going to have to pay him. Would you agree with that? I think it's fair to say that this podcast believes he will get a hundred and fifty plus million dollar extension. You know, this right April, May, June, sometime. Right, yeah. the Denver Broncos, all their chips are in the middle of the table on Russell Wilson, as yeah. they should be, and they should be. And and I, you know, you could make the case if you were Seattle that you would not give Russ the contract that that the Packers just gave. Part of the reason you wouldn't give it is because you know Russ doesn't want to be there. Denver, I thought once Aaron didn't sign, didn't force a trade to Denver, Denver was looking at quarterback purgatory. I mean, they were really in purgatory. Well, they've been in it, right? They, yeah, that's right. And so I got no issue with them doing this. I think they have to, and they are. And I don't think they're crazy to bet on a Russell Wilson bounce back. But I don't think if you had said, imagine at you know four games into twenty twenty one when Russell was on on pace to put together a historic season, saying Russell gets traded. And this is the compensation, two ones, two twos, a fifth, and like a quarterback that you don't think is the quarterback of the future, Drew Locke. Not only right in the mix to win the MVP, they won the division the COVID year, right? Yeah. But you know, what, they, what was what was their they, record? What was the record? 12 and four, and they hosted yeah. a playoff game. Now, in Seattle fashion, it wasn't like 12 and four blowing teams out. It was like they were squeaking by some teams. It was, they, they've been weird for a while. I will say this, though. They went three. People act. Like, they're the Giants or the Jags. Like, oh, Seattle in fucking shambles. They swept the 49ers, who were, obviously, we'll talk about coming up, you know, in the NFC Championship game. They beat the piss out of the Arizona Cardinals the last game of the season. They went 3-3 three and three in the toughest division. And if you've watched, like, we have, and probably a large percentage of the people listening to this, a lot of NFC West football, they play the NFC West with, and mainly because of him. Very like they are in the mix in these games. Their problem is like they can lose to the Jets, they can lose to the Giants, they can lose to the Jags. They just have weird moments with weird teams. But they are not. I think they get they get uh, dissed 
and talked about like they're a franchise a little different than they actually are. Like this year was a joke for them. They went seven and ten, and Russell missed several games, and Geno had to start. That's the other part about last year, right? They went seven and ten. They missed him for a while, right? He he didn't play all the games, and then by the time he got back and kind of got his mojo again, they did look pretty good down the stretch, right? They were playing good football the last couple of weeks because of him. And, it's his and first maybe, losing season in his career, yeah, in the Pete Russell era. Eleven and five, thirteen and three, twelve and four, ten. And, I mean, this is his QB record. 11 and 5, 13 and 3, 12 and 4, 10 and 6, 10 and 5, 9 and 7, 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 12 and 4. And then this year they were 6 and 8 with him as a starter. Don't you think they get talked about like a three or four win team, not a team that was, you know, probably a couple snaps away from being 500? I think it's two things. I think it's one, like you said, the way they play, like they play in some really bizarre games, look, loose look games weird. you don't think yeah, they should. Look weird. <laughs> They're fun. And I think thing number two is that specifically social media, kind of advanced metric Twitter thinks Pete doesn't know how to run an offense. You know, all the elites on Twitter think Pete's the village idiot, even though he's won a Super Bowl, been to another, and won multiple national championships. But but every every fucking uh, guy with three degrees that writes for their local newspaper with a blue check mark thinks Pete's an idiot. And listen, no coach is perfect. But let's I don't think it's the like local Pete. newspaper guys. No, well, no, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, the people that write for the blogs or what newspaper, I don't even, they exist. I'm just saying, like, we all know who we're talking about here. But I'm just saying it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not mostly the, the, your, your, it's, it's, it's specifically, I don't even want to denigrate it by saying analytics Twitter. It's not that simple, but, but I analytics think, anyway, Twitter is, is essentially these, yeah, that's these a big writers. Part yeah. That's a big part of it. And I think that's where it comes from. Brandon Staley's base. If Brandon Staley was a, was a politician, his base. We got there's a whole other AFC conversation coming, so we, we got some for Brandon Staley as well. But I saw I saw you you know you remember how you brought up that Warren Sharp gambling article like a month ago in the New Yorker or whatever. People were like the story no one's talking about with Calvin Ridley. Like he was into gambling and talking to offensive coordinators. I was like, ah, this is Warren Sharp feels like kind of fun. are the feds after him right now or something? It feels like he's disappeared. <laughs> Maybe Calvin was betting through him, or he yeah. was betting through <laughs> Calvin. Who knows? Regardless. I can't believe. Can you believe this happened? I think sometimes we dive into like the topic. We can you believe Russell Wilson just got traded to the Broncos? He's got to be a Bronco. It, it, I you know there there are obviously always wow moments uh, in sports. It happens less and less, I'd say, in the NBA because these guys demand trades forever, and you just know they're going to get traded. In baseball, it's just it's not as powerful as it probably was. I, I'd say they always had huge moments, like when we were growing up in massive trades. I would say from a football standpoint, you know, we've seen Jamal Adams get traded to Seattle, right? Jalen Ramsey. I remember Shady McCoy when Chip traded him. We've seen crazy trades in the NFL. I, I, I truly believe, guy, this is the biggest trade in NFL history. When you factor in a quarterback in his prime, like Montana was traded, but it felt like he was hanging on by a thread, and he only played two more seasons. Ultimately, Brady and Manning, you know, Peyton Manning was cut by the Indianapolis Colts. Tom Brady became a free agent. Uh, this... And they, you know, Tom obviously was in his 40s. Peyton was, we just didn't know if he was going to play again. His neck. Yeah. This to me is, I think sometimes it's hyperbole when you say this, but when has a player in his prime, definitely in the modern era, in the 2000s or the 2020s, this this is easily, the, I would say, the biggest trade of the Roger Goodell NFL era, right? I mean, this guy's a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback that has minimum, you would say, three, four years left in his prime. Like, you have a good team around him. You can win the Super or compete to win the Super Bowl. Like, part of the reason is like, well, Seattle couldn't win a Super Bowl with Russ in his prime. Yeah, because they kept fucking up the draft picks and doing weird stuff. It wasn't because he was good enough. 
to at least put them in competition. You and I watched, we've seen like, you know, probably average six, seven games. Anyone that lives on the West Coast, you've seen a lot of Russell Wilson games. And he is a spectacular player. I, I do believe to my core, listen, he's got some, he can be a little weird and like, will he show up to the Denver Bronco press conference with, with security? Who knows? But just orange as a player, leather, 100% he's wearing orange leather. As a player in a vacuum, he, he's one of the most remarkable talents I've ever watched. I, I, I find him just as an awesome, awesome player. Does he have some flaws? For sure. But he is, I still thought last year, like he's, he had some down moments, but he's still, he's elite player. Yeah, I so a couple of things like people are mentioning the Herschel Walker trade, which was uh, 18 picks or players, 18 elements um, got traded in that trade. Randy Moss was a big one. I think Tom just as a free agent, you talk about biggest moves in NFL history, Montana getting traded to the Chiefs. If you just do our adult, if you just use our adult life, right? Yeah, yeah. Brady, the I mean, but this is without question. I think part of it, too, is um, I was thinking about this the other day. Like one of the things the NFL has going for it is that it has these quarterbacks who are stars and quarterbacks don't change teams in the rare instances that even average quarterbacks change teams. Like when Kirk cousins change changes teams, it's a big story. You get, you don't get this a lot when you get it. It's massive. Baseball has less stars because it has devalued starting pitching. And obviously the NBA stars are moving too much. And that creates an issue. The NFL has it, the sweet spot where it's got its stars. They don't change teams. Like it'd feel weird if Rodgers and Russ had changed teams this year. Roger stays, Russ moves, and we'd been kind of ready. The Russ one had been bubbling for a little while. I think what you said about Russ saying he's in his prime is really interesting because would you say if Aaron, let's say Aaron got traded to the Broncos today instead of Russell Wilson, would you say Aaron Rodgers got traded in his prime? I mean, he's won back to back MVPs. Did I say Aaron Wilson? Aaron Rodgers? But but his, but his age, you know, it's different 38 and 33. Right. right. I mean, but he's playing at a higher level right now than Russ is. Russ is in his, from an he's age a, yeah, standpoint. Aaron's a better player than Russell Wilson. I, part of this is like, is Russ going to trim up a little and bounce back? I mean, he was 25 touchdowns, six picks. He was only, he was under 65%. I think everyone in Seattle that covered him felt like he was off this year. I felt like that watching him. To piggyback off what you said, though, Rodgers really is, while there was a lot of drama surrounding it, the end result is what happens. When you have elite player at the quarterback, yeah. he just stays yeah. on the team. And I saw Peter King say, if you're 35 years old at the end of this contract, your entire adult, your entire life will be Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. You've had two quarterbacks your entire life. And that really is kind of the NFL, right? Tom Brady, while he ended up leaving, he left at 42 years old. Peyton Manning, like, they would not have cut him if they didn't think his neck was never going to work, Right. Russell Wilson, part of this, he and ultimately he did stay there for ten years, right? Like ultimately, Kevin Durant, I think an underrated part about his career, he was an OKC, I think for nine, right? It's not like he was there three; he was there for a long period of time. Russell was in Seattle, right, for a for a decade. Mm-hmm. Like that still is a long. It's not like he moved after two or three years. If Deshaun Watson moves teams, which feels likely at some point, that was a pretty short stint for a guy that's an elite player. Most teams they get a player of that caliber. Don't don't ever let him go for look at the all the quarterbacks of, of Rodgers era, right? Rivers, R- uh, Roethlisberger, Eli. I mean, these guys minimum all the same team for 15 plus years. That, that to me is normal. That's what makes like, I'm sorry, you can bring up Herschel Walker trades or any of these trades. If it does not involve a quarterback, it's not as big. Period, point blank, end of story. I agree. Although, you know, when Herschel Walker got traded running, running back. back or- yeah, yeah. But that was when we were both four, you know? Well, Jerry Jones still runs a team like that. 
how? Uh, I think um, Ezekiel's uh, uh, cap number is, uh, what was it, $18 million? But they traded Herschel Walker. No, no, I know. I'm just saying he still values running backs. Yeah, he does. That's true. And now he's had some sweet ones, right, Emmett? Yes. Zeke, yes. In fairness to Zeke, I, I used to love young Zeke. He just fell off a cliff fast. Somebody just tweeted at me, you guys said four ones for Russ. Uh, it, it, the Twitter handle is McDaniel season. So Raider fan just tweeted at me, throwing it in our face that we said four ones for Russ. I think most people thought something like that. I, I think it is pretty I, shocking. You did say that. I'm stunned. Now, to me, no offense. It's fan. hard to trade four ones because they you can't trade more. You'd have to have multiple ones in a year, and the Seahawks barely have one one, let alone two ones, right? But you can trade four. But don't two of them have to be in the same year? You can't trade a one four years out? I thought I thought four is the max, I thought. Oh, I thought it was three. Okay, maybe. But but it, why does Seattle matter that they don't have ones? Denver's the ones giving them, right? Oh, yeah. In any event. Uh, yeah, I just... To me, it's I think it's pretty wild. Now, I think the way you have to look at it is they got two ones and three twos. Because I do, I do think at minimum that's Noah Fant's value. Like if Noah Fant's going to get traded, a young player at tight end that can fly who was drafted in the – I think he was picked 20. Uh, you would say he has – like there, there's value in him. Like he's getting he's getting valued in this trade. But to only right. have two ones – but I, I would say this. Like ultimately once you trade Russell, next year's one – I, we're all going to pick the Denver Broncos to make the playoffs, especially now with seven seeds, right? So that pick is going to be in the 20s. So you would say the three ones, like are you going to trade three years from now another pick in the 20s? Or what is my ninth overall draft pick worth to you? And that is valuable because you can ultimately turn nine. Look at last year, the New York Giants turned 11 into 20 and basically another first-round pick. And we know, oh, you-know-who loves to trade back. Would it shock you if they go from nine to eighteen and gather another one and just start rebuilding this thing? Uh it, it now it wouldn't shock me if you would given me that scenario before this trade. It would surprise me a little based on Pete's age, but um, it's not really the way. You know, they've got DK, they've got Tyler Lockett. They don't have a ton of depth elsewhere, but they, but they didn't have, have a first guys. round pick. You know, I know. Well, but but I'm just saying, like rebuild is like, are they are they really going to roll into the season with Drew Locke as their quarterback? Well, the moment you trade Russell Wilson, you're unless you somehow they end up with Deshaun Watson, they're somewhat waving the white flag on their franchise, right? Yeah. So let's talk about that. Unless somehow they end up with Deshaun Watson, which has been a suggestion around the internet, and uh, Peter Schrager did just tweet eye emojis about 20 minutes ago. No idea what that's about. Could just be him reacting to this Russell Wilson trade. But I think there is that fear that lurks over everything um, if you are, say, a fan of an NFC West team. Outside of that, though, how much did this trade change the dynamic of the NFC? He went from the NFC to the AFC. He went from a team that was consistently an NFC playoff team to a team that's in the AFC. He went from a team that stood in definitely the Niners' way. We'll talk about the Niners separately. But when you rattled off the teams every year, even – I mean, I probably would have picked him to go to the playoffs this year with Russell just, Wilson back. Yeah, you just hit it on the head, though. This what this year, based on their resume, is an outlier. This year was not only not the norm; it was far away from what they were used to. This over the last decade of Russell Wilson, this was two losses worse than their worst season. Like the previous year, they had won the division and won twelve games. They have owned the Niners. 
16 and 4 against them historically. They play really, really well against the Rams and the Cardinals. Like they play like and the, and the Rams have been now a consistent playoff team for five half a decade. So this team to me went from being a consistent playoff team, a consistent playoff team for 10 years with him at the helm to now, unless they find a way to get a star quarterback, is irrelevant. Like they are if they just have some random, they can sign a Trubisky or a Drew Locke and draft a guy, like to me, they're a four-win team. They are what the way we've actually talked about them, which is a big swing because on any given week, if they're playing the Packers, if they were playing Tom Brady in Tampa, if they're playing obviously the Niners or the Rams, they can win. And then they've they've hosted playoff games for a long time. And it's not just with the LOB squad. It's it was two years ago with Jamal Adams, right? I actually think he missed that playoff game because he was injured. And ultimately, Heineke and Jared Goff beat him. Now, it was a little skewed because if you remember, Seattle wasn't allowed to have fans, and that's a huge part, right? You know, the home game there would have been the 12s, but it was an empty stadium. But still, like they hosted a playoff game 13 months ago. I know. It's funny, John. They beat the Colts week one. Outside of that, their wins were their only good wins came against the division, and they just happened to be against the Niners twice. And they beat the the uh, the Cardinals once. Other than that, they beat the Texans, the Lions, uh, and the the Jags. So, I I don't think they're going to do that two years in a row. I I'm with you. Like I think that was not an indication. Now maybe they weren't going to be a Super Bowl contender, but to find a way to have that team go seven and ten, I think was an indication that. Uh, it was an out. I, I think it was an outlier, is what I'm saying. Well, as long as he was on the team, you know, just from a business standpoint of the league, they were an entertainment product for the league, right? You could throw them in a big game on Sunday afternoon with Troy and you know them against the Niners and them against the Rams. You could put them on Sunday night football. You could put them on Monday night football. Like they are not that anymore. Like they're an irrelevant squad, right? You know how the uh, if, when the committee comes up, they always like we uh, take into account you missing players. So if like Johnny Davis from Wisconsin. I, I don't know what his status is, but let's just say he's out for a month. They will not be a one seed. Like, it's over. Remember when Kenyon Martin shattered his leg, and they're like, well, we we evaluate that. It Sometimes it happens with the college committee with uh, in college football. They, they are no longer getting, like, Sunday and Monday night. They're an irrelevant franchise m- minus this player, which kind of sucks. You know, I, I have enjoyed just the Seattle experience. You know, that just them being in my life as a – it's just them against the Niners, them in the division, them just, they're an entertainment product that no longer exists. And it'll be interesting. Does that just translate to Denver? It felt like it was part of just Pete and the whole and Russell, the combo. Yeah. Which it's, it's over. I mean, it's, it's dead. Dead on arrival. It is. You're right. And and I think last year's a good example, too, even at 7-10 and 10 with the wins that they had that were not particularly good wins. As you said earlier, there's seven seeds in the NFL playoffs now. The AFC was really deep last year. The NFC was not. I mean, Seattle was not. It's not like Seattle played half the season dead to the playoffs, right? New Orleans was nine and eight, same as Philly. Philly was the seven seed at nine and eight. Minnesota was eight and nine. Washington football team was seven and ten, same record as Seattle. They weren't. I, I wouldn't say they were close to the playoffs, but they were in the playoff conversation down the stretch of the season. It got a little weird, and you know they needed a few things to break their way. You're saying like the the Chargers who missed the playoffs in the AFC were better than all these teams you're listening, right? Yeah, and the Colts, and yeah. maybe even the Dolphins, and and, and, and healthy Cleveland's Ravens. Uh, and the Baltimore. Ravens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, 
great Seattle is what we're used to. Even shitty Seattle is potentially a playoff team. I agree. Like they were, I I, I don't want to say almost a playoff team, but almost, almost a playoff team. When you say the NFC right now is, I mean, the AFC is stacked. The NFC, Brady retired. <laughs> uh, the well, Saints. He's not be back on the Bucks. Yeah, so the Bucks are no longer a 12-13 win team. That 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 division sucks. As of right now, the NFC East, like as long as Jalen Hurts is their quarterback, they just I don't care how great their draft becomes, they're just going to be flawed. Dallas, we've seen just I mean, they just got issues. Even even if they are you know a lock, you would say if they just bring back the majority, they're an eleven win well, team. They're cutting one of their best players. So, yeah, I mean I know Amari had a down year, but scored a touchdown in the playoff game. Pretty easily, actually. Wide open in the corner of the end zone. So, the, the, to me, the NFC right Arizona now... Arizona might have a holdout at quarterback. Well, he did you see he uh, put all the pictures back? Did you send me that? I did see that, yes. Yeah, so uh, everything's good. Uh, I, 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 do you just keep that in the hopper? Did, or did he have to, like... Did he have someone do that? Reactive? Yeah. I, I love the idea of him staying up till 2 a.m. doing it. But you would say that they are one of the better teams. The Niners... Are one of the better teams too, clearly, but they have question court. To me, the only two teams that don't have Sean questions. Sean Payton's really. gone from the from the conference. See ya, right? Adios. It's just to me, the Rams and the Packers are the for sure things. I would say the Niners are a close third, but they do have a major question mark at first year quarterback right now, right? Well, and also say what you want about Arizona. Arizona does beat the 49ers. Yeah, they had a better record well, than did, them did, last year. Yeah, I guess they beat them three of the last four times, huh? They they won. I mean, they went eleven and six. Niners were ten and seven. But yeah, it's funny. I mean, just because you weren't a playoff team last year, like Seattle wasn't, they were the eleventh place team in the in the conference. It does change the power. Just the the everything. It changes everything. You just have to worry about them now. I mean, you know, you still play AFC teams. Sometimes you still play these teams. But it's been a pretty crazy year for the NFC already. With Aaron back, which is a big deal. I mean, if Aaron had left, but with Aaron back, but with Brady, two of the best quarterbacks in the league just left the NFC. Russell and Brady. Yeah. And you would say, listen, like like you brought up his name. They had Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Ian Book, Trevor Simeon. I mean, th- their quarterback was really a joke position once Jameis tore his ACL. And they went 9-8 and eight with Sean Payton. Like he he was a fifteen sixteen million dollar year coach for oh, a yeah. reason. Yeah, good right? point. They, they were not like they own the Bucks with Brady. Like I, it's fair to say Dennis Allen, even if they just had, they clearly have good players. Will you be shocked if the Saints are six and eleven or seven and ten next year? No. What's the path back this year for Atlanta? What's the path back for Chicago? What's the path for Carolina, the Giants, and the Lions? I mean, there's we just there's a lot of shitty the teams. NFC. There's a lot of shitty teams in the NFC. Which now is, could Kevin O'Connell is Kevin O'Connell a really good coach? Like is Minnesota gonna bounce back? Yeah, here? but and you would say Minnesota was has really even had some weird years, but been right there the last couple of years, right? They they have more talent than all the teams you just listed. I would say Minnesota would be. They have to be thinking we can compete for a wild card, right? But you would say the Niners should be better than them because they are, but. Kirk Cousins is a proven commodity, and Trey Lance just isn't. Now, if Trey Lance is just solid immediately, the Niners are a 12-win team. Um, Kenneth on the stream says, Commanders offered high picks the next three years per PFT just now. So I just have I have the Florio article up right now. Um, last week, there was a report that they made a strong offer. According to multiple reports, Commanders offered high picks in 22, 23, and 24. 
But the same reports also note Washington got the indication that Seattle preferred to deal him out of the NFC. Uh, All right, so he doesn't actually add anything new there. But, I mean, that is something here, right? Keeping him out of the NFC. Would they they prefer to send him to the Commanders? I mean, to the Broncos and the Commanders? I, I do believe that they wanted him out of the NFC, which to me is the right move. It's the right move if you're going to compete. Like, if you're going to be the last place team in the conference, or you're going to be bad, who cares? And so they don't think they're going to be bad. No, to me, to me, it's it's regardless about you, you don't want to see him thriving in your conference. But, uh, see, this is where I would argue, if you're going to do a rebuild, well, it makes me think they're not into, they, they think but, but they can find a the, way to be This good. is the NFL. There is no, unless you're like the Jags, you're never thinking, <clears throat> we're, we're going to win three games. That's just not how people think, even if that's the reality. If you pass up a, an extra first-round pick, now maybe it's like, yeah, we passed up picks, but Washington couldn't offer us Drew Locke, who we don't think is great, but we actually think could be serviceable, right? That might be the difference. That's part of it. What about Noah Fant? Like, I immediately or get Noah a tight Fant. end. Yeah, I just, I'm saying ultimately to take less if you're in Seattle's position only makes sense if you think you're really competing. But, but know this, and whether you believe this or not, or like whether this makes sense, this is how the league... Three years from now, a third round, a first round pick is not viewed as that great. It's viewed as a second round pick. So, and immediately you have to know this: if I give you Russell Wilson, like ultimately they would have given a, the Commanders would have given a pretty good pick, right? Because I, I don't, I have to look where they're drafting, but top twelve. If you give me 11. next year's one, I 11. have to assume you're going to be in the twenties. Like ultimately, Seattle is assuming the 2023 Denver Bronco pick is going to be 24, 26, 22. I'm getting pick nine right now and Noah Fant and Shelby Harris, solid defensive tackle. Like I'm, I think I'm getting stuff right now. Yeah, that's uh, uh, my, my well, the only point I'm addressing here is keeping him out of your conference, which I understand. But to me, I, I only really understand it. I mean, I understand it, period. It's if I would, I think it's dangerous to take less, whatever less is. You're right. They might view three one, that third one as less than getting Drew Locke and Shelby Harris and Noah Fant. And that's fine. <clears throat> but I think if you're them to take less to keep him out of your conference is be part of you has to think we're going to be good and it's going to matter if he's in our conference. I, I think the question is, could they have gotten now these picks aren't as good as pick nine, but how he has picked 16, 19 and like 21 or something would how he have given all three picks for Russell Wilson. How, well, um, you tell me you worked for him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think you part, or him. Would you have done it? I would have. I would have, too. And again, this goes back to maybe it's like it's a non-starter, giving them just like seeing the Eagles start making the playoffs every year. And it's going to be hard. Like if you're a Seattle fan today, it feels like your franchise is over, which sucks. Yeah, yeah. But by the way, the other point, they didn't just send them to the AFC. They sent them to the AFC West. Yeah. With Herbert and Mahomes and Carr. I, but, but I also think like Russell and if Rodgers has gone, they don't think about it like that. Like Russell thinks I'm better than Herbert and I'm definitely better than Derek. Yeah, yeah. R- Russell does. I'm just saying if you're Seattle and you care about him not winning the Super Bowl and you care about him not having so much success that it makes you look bad and you're keeping him out of the NFC. I, I don't think it's as much about not winning the Super Bowl. I just think like I give them the Eagles or the Commanders like they're going to the playoffs every year. Like th- it's not a 100 percent lock Denver makes the playoffs. Right. They have a new coach. What if the coach isn't that good, right? They, they haven't been in the playoffs for a while. We think all their players are sweet. Are they really? I mean, we're about to find out. There are still a lot of unknowns with Denver. We're assuming, and I am too, but we're going we're gonna to find out quick. Like, is their talent overrated? I don't know. I don't think so, but 
We've seen it before, right? Absolutely. I, I actually, for an AFC conversation later, I think there's something there about what what should we be assuming right now about um, about Denver. But pretty crazy, by the way, just as an aside. So Denver ends up with Peyton Manning in his second tour and then Russell Wilson. Interesting quarterback dynamic they've got going. I think I saw Florio wrote 10 years, this offseason, 10 years ago, they, this is when they landed Peyton. Wow. When the plane was at Duke? You know, pretty well. Remember, wasn't Harbaugh was at Duke? Yeah. Or Carolina somewhere, which is where Duke is. But John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about oh how easy Bronco fans are sleeping tonight on their sleep number, sleep number bed, sleepnumber.com slash ham. I know Russ gets his sleep. Russ gets in his workouts. Russ gets in his sleep. I don't know if he's sleeping on the, the softer side like a like John is. His sleep number's 40, or maybe a little firmer like me, a 55. Good sleep is the key to good life. Seven to nine hours is what's recommended by sleep experts. You can get it at sleepnumber.com slash ham. It's really easy, guy. Go to sleepnumber.com slash ham. Here's the key. The better you sleep, the more productive you are. And the better you sleep, let's face it, is dependent on the type bed you have. We've all, when we're on the road traveling, you know, doing, just paying the bills out there, working, banging the bushes, and you go to a hotel room and the the bed's terrible and you sleep poorly and then all of a sudden you're thrown off. You don't want to do that because you spend so much time, right, in your bed. It's where you're going to spend the majority of your life sleeping. It's a long time. Seven, eight, nine hours a night. The majority? Might be ten. The majority, yeah, math doesn't quite add up there. But but a very loud minority of your life uh, (laughs) in that bed. Your bed is Twitter? (laughs) So it, it is very, very important that you have a good bed and Guy and I can both Pound the table for our friends at sleepnumber.com slash ham. few things. Four tips to improve your sleep duration. Avoid large meals and heavy snacks before sleep. Set a sleep goal that's healthy and realistic for your lifestyle. Try some tart cherry juice for its tryptophan and melatonin. May perform, uh, promote better and longer sleep. And record how you've slept. And hello, the Sleep Number 360 smart bed tracks the total time you sleep and the percentage of your sleep that is restful. Discover special offers now for limited time at your local Sleep Number store. Or we encourage you to do this. Go to sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to League of Legends, and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game. And I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. 
been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Bobby Wagner, Sherm a prophet. Sherm quoted it. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I don't even know what they're talking about, but it's just Bobby's not happy. That no, I, I don't I don't moved. I don't think I don't think he care. I I think he's more like Dave we're talking shit about this guy. That's how I view it. Wait, wait, read me the tweet again. Sherm Bobby a just prophet? Sherm a prophet, and then Sherm had the you either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain. I think it's more that they were saying like, I oh, just he's think been they, around long enough, and now he's the, he was the villain. I don't know what sure means. I just mean they're both on the same page. They just think this guy's kind of fraudulent and doing some yeah things. Yeah, I just want to know the meaning. So does he? Did he just die a villain, or live long enough? What was it? I think Sherm's talking about himself. I you know I don't know. I guess the point is it normally ends badly. Is the point of that quote right? Yes. If you're riding high, eventually they'll tear you down. I, I think they're both saying like this guy tries to act like something he's not. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't feel like a lot of people. How often? I would even say this about Aaron Rodgers. <clears throat> you have a lot more people getting his back. I mean, the star left tackle just had him officiate his wedding. Right. And Devonte clearly loves him. Like a lot of guys, Jordy Nelson, like James Jones, like a lot of people that have played with with Aaron Rodgers are openly discuss how much that like they call him a friend, right? I'd say AJ Hawk, they, they're boys. Like, God, it does not. Tom Brady is the highest level. I'd say Peyton Manning's not on Tom's level, but Peyton's definitely like higher than Rodgers' level, where guys love him. 
I would say I would say that Russell, of all the great quarterbacks, when does anyone ever support him? Like that's my fucking dude. That is my guy, man. Never, never. Like Bobby Wagner didn't tweet like I'm gonna miss this dude, man. He tweeted about Sherm. Like, and these guys aren't dumb. They understand where their bread's buttered. You need a good quarterback. It just does not feel like he's well liked because I think it goes back to he feels like the Gavin Newsom or something of quarterback. It's just very fraught. It's all fake. Like, are, are you a real human? And I've had people DM me that are like, listen, my cousin played with him at NC state for a minute. Like that's just kind of how he is. He's just kind of robotic. I just think it's hard for normal people to just truly believe like, are you, you can't be this big of a robot. Like do you, do you, are you, can you just act normal? Can you, and maybe you can't, you know, what's funny is I, I know somebody who played with him and, and always said, always would say to, I asked him about it all the time. He's like, he's not a bad guy. He's just, sometimes hard to connect with was the way he put it. I saw him give a pump up speech to the Stanford women's basketball team today. He looked, he came off very normal, like just kind of on the mic, just talking to a squad. I was kind of taken aback. Like, Oh, that was just kind of normal. It was kind of cool. But, uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, from I, the I just think if, I think if he would act like that more often around these guys, maybe there's a vulnerability. He refuses. Like clearly part of connecting with people is like, you gotta be, "Quote unquote vulnerable, like AKA just be normal, like hey man, it's, I'm having a rough day. It doesn't well, feel like and, Russell does that stuff. And those things are, you know, you can be whatever you're going to be publicly. It's the private conversations that make the difference, right? Like I you can act like, like whatever you're going to act publicly. If you just act normal behind the scenes, people don't care if you act different. Like whatever he does, he promotes himself out there. But in this locker room, he's one of us, which is always the positive on Brady, right? I would say the players don't judge you at all publicly. They know the deal, right? You're making money, you know, do whatever. They can make. I know he doesn't drink Gatorade. He's a Powerade guy. Fraud. Remember, I mean, well, think about it. It was like Peyton Manning. Who wants to get in their Prius? You know, it's like you can be fake. Did Peyton have a Prius commercial? No, maybe it was Buick. I mean, Buick. it was something that was he was Bu- not. It was Buick. It was yeah, Buick. but so so did Tiger forever. Remember, it's like Tiger wasn't driving Buick. Shaq. Shaq had the Buick commercial. Now Shaq, like Shaq had like the gas tank, forty five percent. Maybe it was something smaller. Uh, from no, the Chicago- it's, instead of going eighty, you just go four twenties. The f- the funny part about that is like it gets to half, then you put in twenty and it's full. It's like Shaq, have you not filled up a gas tank since a long time? It's not twenty bucks for half your tank, man. <laughs> Maybe he is driving a Prius, John. Uh, the Chicago Sun Times pulled this one up. The Bears offered last year. Three ones, including number 20, plus a third and veteran players. Uh, unclear who they offered, but might have been Akeem Hicks and Kyle Fuller. Maybe getting a player back. You know what makes me wonder? The fact that the, the Seahawks did this trade. Did the Seahawks offer this trade to the Raiders? Would they have preferred Derek Carr to Drew Locke? Well, they probably wouldn't give him Darren Waller. Right, so what could they give him to be an impact offensive player? You know, you you can't like Josh True, Jacobs. But would would Derek Carr be worth more than yeah. Drew Locke and Noah Fant together? So two ones and Derek Carr—that's the deal. Yeah, maybe two one two ones. Maybe the Raiders would go like, "No, we can get. We think we can get two ones for Derek. Otherwise, so that's giving you four ones. Maybe that would be. I don't know. I just wonder if you're the Seahawks and you would take this deal. Would you have preferred two ones and Derek and like no other players, but maybe also a third or something? I just the think there is a power power, regardless of what you think about this draft in the ninth overall pick. Like that's a valuable yeah. asset. Yeah. Now you, you, I mean, ultimately it's just a resource you have to turn into things, but like 
if you think you can wheel and deal, which I would say John Schneider is known as a wheeler and dealer. Doesn't mean he always does the deal right, but he is. I'll be a little surprised if they drafted nine, won't you? Like it will. I guess it will not shock me if something they do something with that pick. Yeah, it will not shock me. It will not shock me. But it also wouldn't shock me if they just were here right now. We think we can get the centerpiece of our. You know, I know it's not viewed as a great draft, but what if Kayvon Thibodeau's sitting there and they really For like sure. Kayvon Thibodeau? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this: if Kayvon Thibodeau's there, they will take him, right? Or what if they're prepared to trade one of their receivers and they draft a receiver? Or what do they trade DK? Get another one. Yeah. I don't know. The Seattle Seahawks team Twitter accounts are just sometimes. The Seattle Seahawks Twitter account just tweeted the clip of Tom Hanks waking up on his raft and screaming, Wilson, where are you? Can you can you bring up my tweet? I think it was really good, and I, I knew I had it in the hopper. And I, th- I think it went pretty viral. A live look inside uh, the, uh, the Niners facility. It was probably okay. like two or three tweets ago. Stand by. That's I retweeted you. It's uh, an hour ago. I can't believe the uh, Seahawks Twitter page tweeted that. Yeah, but the NFL. I mean, I, I saw a bunch of like the Arizona Cardinals. You know. Yeah, you're right though. Why would they be tweeting about Wilson? Stand by. It's a good tweet. It's a good tweet. You know, to <laughs> my own horn. But the the funny part about it is, is uh, is the guy on the left. Like he lives there. Kyle, live look inside the 49er facility. Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan hugging. It's it's got levels because the second level of the tweet is that Mike Shanahan is inside the 49er facility as one of you know the smart guys. Yeah, to, it was less about Mike Shanahan and just more the picture of Kyle, the excitement. Uh, I, I could have found. I, I just had it. I, it was easy. I just it was one of the first ones I found in the hopper. If it would have been Lynch, I would also used it. Uh, there are several I could have used for this. It was more just the visual of the excitement of the 49ers getting rid. I was thinking about it before we hopped on. Once the trade happened, I would say in my lifetime, in the 90s, I felt like Brett Favre fucking owned the Niners. Whether that statistically is true, I don't know. I was in junior high. But, and we remember, we went over when they were playing the Packers. Remember, they had played them four straight years. We talked about the rivalry and why it is a rivalry, especially for people our age, because we experienced as children, and then it's happened this last decade. They played eight times in the playoffs. Unlike, we, we all, it was a lot different than the Cowboy rivalry, because it's actually happened. Like, they haven't played the Cowboys in a meaningful game in the playoffs since the mid-90s. Like, this this rivalry happened in the late 90s. They played four straight times, and the Packers won three out of four. They also felt like played every single year in the regular season, a little bit like Manning and Brady, because it was Young versus Favre. It just felt like Favre was a Niner killer. Again, statistically, might not back it up. That's what my young memory. What I know for a fact, and I don't need statistics, I mean, even though we have him 16-4, and four, I have watched Russell Wilson since he got in the league up until this year, when the Niners went to the NFC Championship and they went 7-10, and 10, kick the shit out of the 49ers. Make play after play after play. Throw these balls on Fox. With We've had every single announcer calling it, from Troy to, to Joe when the games have mattered, to when the Niners have been out of it, with uh, Chris Myers and some random former New York Giant calling the game. The ball goes into the air really high. It disappears. You cannot see the wide receiver. And all you think on the couch is, 
that guy's going to catch it and might be <laughs> wide open and he's going to score a touchdown. And that's usually what happens. And he is gone. So while it's funny, it, you could have used Jim Tom Sula, Chip Kelly, Jim Harbaugh, Russell Wilson. You know, remember last year when when Aaron scored the touchdown in Chicago and he did the belt and then he dropped the I fucking own you. And it was cool. Like it was no one could even talk shit because like and then they brought up all the stats it's like, yeah, he literally owns the Bears. I would say Russell Wilson owned the 49ers. I mean, ownage over every coach, specifically Kyle. 2-0 last year were just major blows. And he was just, there was no answer for him. He could run left. He could run right. He could throw short. He could throw deep. It was like you were playing Russell Wilson. He could Wilson. be on a bad team. He could be on it, a good team. It didn't matter. You know, I, I would say no team celebrated as much Uh and the NFC West is very, very happy, the three playoff teams. But the 49ers have to be the happiest. They never – now, technically, they have to see him next year. But you just – they don't have to see him like eight more times over the next four years is a big deal. They have to see him once over the next three years, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a huge deal. And they don't have to play him in Seattle. Well, like, Trey Lance has to play in Seattle. And Denver's no easy place to play, which is where the 49ers are going to play him. Well, I saw Kawakami tweet, like, the Niners, if they would have called, would have chipped in a pick. Right. Hey, you want a fourth? What would the Niners have included? Jimmy? Uh, you know, you see how Seattle gave Russell and a fourth. I think they would have included the fourth. Don't you? Like if you call John Lynch, like to get this done, oh. you have to include the fourth. What would you say to John? Would you Just, include the you fourth? promise not to trade for Deshaun? Yeah, you can't control that. But. I would have traded the fourth then. Yes. Would you have thrown Garoppolo in? Garoppolo has to go to Seattle in, in order for this deal to happen. Well, I think, Yeah. You would do whatever it takes to get Russell Wilson out of there. Uh, this is in the history of – we talk about the history of trades. When the Niners traded Joe Montana, the division did not rejoice because they had Steve Young waiting, right? When the Colts moved off of Peyton Manning, the division did not rejoice because they had Andrew Luck waiting. Hadn't Steve Young just won the MVP? Steve Young had won the MVP. When, when the Packers moved on from Brett Favre, the division did not rejoice. Because Aaron Rodgers was waiting next. I mean, one of the all-time, your neighbor's, uh, uh, your neighbor's pain is your glory. This is, <laughs> well, I, this I, is up there. I would say this, too. One thing I'd say I give the Niners credit for historically, a little like the Packers, a little like some of Andy's teams, they've just always felt like they've attempted to have a good backup. It doesn't mean it always works. You know, draft C.J. Beathard and he sucks. But they're always they they really value the quarterback position. Pete Carroll, you would say, didn't really. He had Russell. Their backup was always irrelevant. So when this move happens, it's not like, well, let's see what Jordan Love got. They've never had a backup. Remember they had a couple years stretch where they had the kid from TCU. It's like I remember watching TCU. I didn't even think that guy was that good. They never gave a shit about the backup quarterback. This year they Boykin. It felt like. Yeah, they had like Geno Smith. It's like good luck there, buddy. But they never draft quarterbacks. They, this is just like, it's all for one. Like, say what you want about the Packers. They did attempt to have a contingency plan. Say what you want about Belichick. He did attempt with Jimmy Garoppolo to have a backup plan. Seattle does not even thought about it. Like, there was like, yeah, we'll just, we'll play with Drew Locke. They, they just, it feels like they don't really value that position besides just, yeah, Russell's our guy. And now it's just, that's where it feels over. So if you're the Niners, like, you will gladly play Drew Locke. You will gladly play any draft Kenny Pickett. Please take Malik Willis. Do whatever you want. Now, if they were to get Deshaun Watson, that would be an immediate problem 
for Kyle, for Sean McVay, and for the Kingsbury, right? That that would be that would be a problem for the NFC West because you would be like, well, Seattle's right back in the mix. But as long as they do not do that and just play with, you know, wouldn't Trubisky or whatever they're going to do, draft a guy. Sorry, I think you got to play. If Drew Locke's in this trade, you're playing with Drew Locke. Now, maybe unless you, you draft unless it. you draft a guy or something, yeah, Dr- draft a guy. But but to me, like you're not bringing in Mitchell Trubisky if you just brought in Drew Locke. Drew Locke's pretty terrible. Trade. Drew Locke's pretty bad. I, I know, but maybe I mean he's part of this trade. Why? Just because Seattle was Seattle was Denver? Well, you like, do, you, we we got to get him players. out of here. Yeah, you do need who you know who's going to play quarterback for you. I know that's, that's what I'm saying. They, they do guy. They do not ever have quarterback, so it's not like part of to me the Drew Locke thing is more of a necessity. Has Russell Wilson been the single greatest? I mean, Aaron Rodgers has not tortured the 49ers, right? Well, I was thinking about it today, guy. When he resigns, that's a big deal, and that means they're good. The Niners have, I mean, Kyle's beaten them how many times? Twice in the playoffs. Like he's he's been their quarterback during that time. Like they have beat what Aaron Rodgers four times in the playoffs. He's beat him a couple times in the regular season, but you'll always take regular season losses for playoff wins. He has not torched them by any means. No. No, he, it, Russell has been their tormentor. You said the record earlier, right? Sixteen and four. Sixteen and four. I I mentioned Barry Bonds earlier because I pulled it up with the intent to use it here. When you talk about sixteen and four, I mean that's that's like Barry. I don't think Barry hit eight hundred against anybody, and Barry owned a lot of people, a lot of people. Barry owned Andy Ashby. You remember Andy Ashby? Mm. Barry had a three seventy seven batting average of five fourteen on base. His OPS was 1,363. He hit seven home runs off of Andy Ashby and walked 15 times in 53 at-bats. Owned him. Owned him. 80% win rate against another team? 80%. And and doesn't it feel like he, like, you know, sometimes they always go, quarterback is not a win-loss. There's not a win-loss stat for quarterbacks. Well, this one there kind of is because he's dominated. Yeah, I would say dominated. This is not pitchers. I, I think quarterbacks is way more win loss than say a pitcher's stat. Yeah. Cause he hasn't always had the best players around him. No. Well, him and DK felt like regardless how weird it's gone for them in a couple moments the last couple years, they play well against the Niners. Like those two. And Lockett. Like I if you told me how many touchdowns does Lockett have the last five years against the Niners, I would guesstimate eleven. Could be off, but that's what it feels. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, how many of his touchdowns were thirty yards or more at a on a third down and seventeen? Lockett like has torched the Niners. Those deep bombs from Russell again. It's it's the ball that leaves your TV screen. Where Jimmy, we've learned like, oh, this thing's gonna get picked with Russell. Oh, this is a touchdown. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it leaves the top of the TV screen yeah. for a while. It's like, where is that thing? He's, I mean, he's, if not the best, he's top two or three greatest deep ball thrower in the history of the league. His deep ball is just a thing of beauty, right? Yeah, it's one of the best. And and I also think he, part of what makes the Niners really good is their pass rush. And despite the fact that his offensive lines, he's had some really bad offensive lines, he can make, he's part of his skill is he makes up for that. This year he didn't. This year was weird. This year you remember, was it the Eagle game? He took that weird sack. Was it the Eagle you, game? You thought he was chubby. I thought he was chubby. I did. He, he looked chubby when you saw him at Stanford. 
it was hard to tell because he was wearing a sweatsuit with like a zip up sweat jacket. And those things always kind of bunch right here. Oh, you know, yeah. if, there, if there's a zipper, that's why I don't like a full zipper hoodie because they bunch any belly you have looks even bigger. Yeah. And um, it'll, expo- it'll expose you. But that's what he was wearing. I, I remember thinking like he didn't look like his most fit self. But then I saw a video of him yesterday or two days ago doing some running. Did you see that video? I don't know. It looked like it was in Hawaii or something on a football. Like you a look good. You look, didn't he look pretty good? He looked good. So maybe he just put on the James Harden suit, got himself traded, and now he's uh, back in great shape. But incredible for the Niners. Um, there is in the chat, and uh, as expected, you and I plan to talk about this. What does this do for Trey Lance? Um, well, he's got to be better than the Seahawks quarterback this year now, which I don't think we would have said about him when Russell Wilson was the guy in Seattle. Well, you would say going into next season, if Russell had not been traded, before we, you know, it's impossible to know what was coming in his improvement, he would be the fourth best quarterback in the division. I, and you, and anyone listening knows this ain't no Kyler Murray show, but Kyler Murray has accomplished. I mean, he's just been in the league now for three years and been pretty good, right? He's had some low moments late in the season, but Trey Lance now, to me, has more even added pressure on him because the Niners have now added pressure on them. Like, this is... Guy, they, they were a 10-win team, and they went 0-2 against this team. So, to me, the expectations are going to be to beat the Seattle Seahawks. We've seen the 49ers. Like, they can rack up other wins. They've struggled to win these games, right? And you look at some of these teams, like Dallas. How do, how do you get to 12 wins? You take advantage of your division. You go 5-1, and one, you go 6-0. Oh. New England did it for years. The Niners have like been competing to win 10, 11, 12 games and going like three and three in the division, two and four in the division. You you add two more wins. If I tell you right now that the Niners sweep Seattle, wouldn't you say the their over-under wins would be like 10 and a half? I mean, that's you know, they should be able to rack up some dubs. And, I mean, and again, it falls on the young quarterback, but I think there is we talked about the NFC, right, is gonna be down. We talked about now the Niners do have to play the AFC West. But they do get two of those games at home. And I would say, ultimately, if you have the Rams and the Packers, and they, they've deserved it, right? And they the play, Packers. I'm not being funny, they play at the Raiders, which you would think could actually be not, it's not a horrible road disadvantage, right? Could be a lot of could be a Could be a Niner home game. But you would say the Rams and the Packers, for a regular season standpoint, or even though the Niners have owned the Rams and have... You know, taking care of the Packers now two of the last three years in the playoffs. The Packers are better suited with Aaron Rodgers to win 12 games because they have Aaron fucking Rodgers and the 49ers are with a first-time starter. But you would say roster-wise, if you just go Trey Lance can be the 14th best quarterback in the NFL, not like Rodgers be one, right? Not like Mahomes be two, but just the 14th best, I would say they should win 11-12 games because their team is stacked, right? Their team, they have an excellent team and an elite coach. So... That's the pressure. Like, there was pressure. Part of the reason why we were so hard on them this year, there was a ton of pressure. They rolled back the team. They thought they were a playoff team. And then they didn't go to the young guy. They went to Jimmy because they thought they were a playoff team. And ultimately, by the skin of their teeth, do you have skin in your teeth? It worked. Skin of their teeth. Yep. Right? It worked. But I I think there is going to be equal amount of pressure. It's going to feel different because it's got a young quarterback, so you're going to have to take some lumps. But... Not making the playoffs next year in the NFC would feel like if I tell you right now that 49ers missed the playoffs, wouldn't 
as of March, wouldn't that just sounds devastating? Out devastating. Loud? Again, because who is? If you're saying they're not, then tell me the seven teams that are. And what you're going to tell me is a team that's worse than them right now, or several teams that are worse than them right now, even with a rookie quarterback. Because the point on Trey Lance is not that Trey Lance has to become the fully blossomed version of Trey Lance right now. No. But he does have to be good enough. And I, you know, project or not, whoever we, that gets, is he ready? Is he not ready? He's like a, he's a pro- people, I think it's fair to call him a project. Yeah. But I, the reason I don't like you, because that creates a whole other conversation, which is project can means different things to different people. Like you can be a project and also good enough to start for your team, right? Project can also mean like doesn't belong on the field. And I don't think he's that version of a project. I think we saw enough that he should be on the field and he's not going to be the guy that you put it on his shoulders, but he's still good enough to win with. Is that how you view him as a project? Yeah, I I, I think it's fair to say that any young quarterback is in a project because they're okay, constantly so, improving. Yeah, there there are that is the not traumatic way to use the word project. Their 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 schedule football team, uh, Cardinals obviously. Sorry, I'll leave the division out of it. At the Falcons, at the Panthers, at the Broncos, at the Raiders, at the uh, those are their road games, plus their conf- their divisional road games. Uh, Saints, Bucks, Chiefs at home, Chargers at home, at the Bears, Dolphins at home. Like they're going to be favored in most of those games outside of the division. I, I think a huge thing they got to figure out is they swept the Rams, right? And they got swept in the other two games or the other two teams. So they went two and four in the division. Yeah. I would say at minimum, they got to find a way to go three and three or four and two. If you go four and two, to me, they're an 11 plus win team. If, if you're going two and four, then yeah, you're going to, it's going to be one of those like, you know, the last couple of weeks, you're trying to get that six, seven seed. But th- what what really killed him this year? It it really wasn't the Tennessee loss. It really wasn't the Colts loss. It was getting swept by Seattle and swept and, and beaten by Colt McCoy. Those three games were enormous swing. Like you're gonna lose some of these random. Like you might lose to the New Orleans Saints, right? That, that happens, right? We remember a couple years ago when they made the Super Bowl, they lost to the Falcons. You cannot be losing when you play the the Arizona Cardinals backup quarterback. Yeah, I, I would say at minimum. You got to go three and three. Because to me, two and four is what shitty teams do. I bet if you look at the what with the Jags, I mean, well, you got to win one one game. So Jags might go two and four. You got to go three out of four against Seattle and Arizona. Meaning you can't split with them and can't get swept by them. But even if you go, but here's all you got to do: sweep Seattle and then split the other two teams. Isn't that fine? Yeah. Four and two, and you're in great shape. They're going to be favored in nine of their eleven non non divisional games. You're saying Tampa, the Saints, the Bears. I'm saying football team favored Falcons. I wish they would have gone Commandos. Commandos, I like that better. <laughs> Commandos favored, Falcons favored, Panthers favored. Um, what's that? Three. We can leave Denver out for now, but I could see them being favored in that game. Saints favored, Bucks at home favored. Chargers where's the, where, where's the Denver game? Road game. Probably depend what time of year it is, right? Yeah, at Chicago favorite, at Miami favored, or Miami at home favored. So maybe they're not favored at home against Kansas City. Maybe they're not favored at Denver. It would to me. It would depend. Like, are they? You know, is it week nine? And they're both like you know six and two. Then Denver's proven they're good. They would probably be like a two or three point favorite right at home. Be one of those. 
I mean, and you'd go, and Russ has had 16 and four against this team before. If I tell you it's Niners opening up week one at Denver, might be a pick em or something. That would be a great opener. Would you want that for Russ? Yeah, I mean, would you want that for it's, Trey? It's 17 games. It just is. Get it out of the way. There's not it's really. Not a, it's, you well, know, you I'll tell you this like the don't Saints. Don't hate Fangio being gone for that. Well, I'll game. tell you this the Saints and the Bucks. We we bemoan and diminish those two teams. Wouldn't you say both those two teams have good defenses? Yeah. You know, if I just tell you, like, opening weekend at New Orleans against the Saints, that's week one, we'd be like, oh, they're going to beat them. Well, their fucking defense is legit, right? That's yep. that is not an easy... I'd say both, Todd Bowles, last that's time a hard I checked, place to play. The, the Saints? Super dumb. Yeah, and when you're week one, it's not like you suck yet. Or what do they call it now? Is it Caesars? Is that the one that got Caesars? If I'm remembering Joey Molinaro's promo yeah. code Raj. Yeah, I think it's Caesars.com uh, or something. Caesars Bowl. Caesarscrypto.com or something. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, John, before we move on, and there's plenty to move on too, let's tell the people about our friends at... Uh, yeah, we're going to do this right now. Let's tell the people about our friends at Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Basically what the Denver Broncos were like, we need an MVP. The hell are we going to do? How do we find one right now? Well, guy, so if you're hiring like the Broncos were, Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you every step of the way, guy. Every step of the way to find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. How do you beat that? You're looking for candidates. You're listening. You're in charge of HR at your company. Go to Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Because what did the Broncos decide? They decided that Russell was an instant match. They were like... We did the 135 skill tests on Russ, and he has all the skills to fit our needs. They probably skipped the virtual interview, but you're not going to want to do that. You're going to want to do the virtual interview. And the good news is that, indeed, it's as easy as clicking a link. There's no new software to download. It's free to use for any job you post. So whatever you're, you know, some people are using Zoom, some people are using Google Meet, some people are using coffee shops, whatever you use, you don't have to add anything or learn any new software. You just use indeed.com slash ham, $75 sponsored job credit. To upgrade your job post indeed.com slash ham offer valid through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash ham to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash ham terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed. Why are you grinning? Cause a uh, loyal uh, Padre fan, Daniel Jeremiah, you know, he just said he had a good tweet. Side note, baseball needs to get their stuff together. This is ridiculous. Read the room. <laughs> like you're just, you're just getting lapped. No one cares. Now that this, I they could be having spring training right now. This would, uh, yeah. I was know. listening to MLB radio because I've been on an MLB radio kick the last few week, uh, last week or so when I've been in the car. And one of the guys was like, "Baseball players, I love you, players, but you got to read the room. There's a war going on." He's like, "I watched a soccer game. It had thirty thousand people there. You're getting passed. The WNBA, you're getting passed." The college basketball tournament, you're getting passed. I'm like, okay, I, I I understand the spirit of your point, but I don't think the war is why baseball players should take what they think is a bad deal. And I'm pretty sure while soccer is growing, I, you know, I don't, 
I think some of these cities, you know, I think Austin is a good example and Seattle is a good example, have incredible home environments. But I would imagine if you look at the television ratings of those MLS, like the environment is better than the amount of people at home watching the game. People are acting like all these soccer games are like Augusta meets the Final Four meets an NFL playoff game. It's like no one's actually watching them, but yet the they're fun to go to. People are attending. Yeah, they look like a great time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a correction. Thank you, Nate. I made a mistake. The Saints game is at home this year. The Saints game is same not in New Orleans. So same with Tampa. Yeah, did I say that was a rookie? But but the but the point remains that when you play those two defenses, it's going to be a hard test for a young quarterback. Yeah, it'd be it'd be hard. Kyle and Jimmy figuring it out, right? Yeah, not Kyle figuring out. Kyle can get guys open. It's executing hard for Jimmy it. to execute against. For sure, uh, you know Pierre Paul's you know three fingers chasing him. Who, in fairness, he's battled back very well from that incident. Yeah, remember that remember the HIPAA on Twitter? People were like HIPAA, leave him alone. HIPAA, HIPAA. It was a bunch of HIPAA. That was when I first learned about HIPAA. Jason Did Schefter ever go down for that? No. Because hmm. didn't he tweet out the uh, X-ray or something? I thought if I, I, that was a long time ago. Yeah, was it was it the X-rays? How it was? I thought it was a picture of the finger or something. What does this do to the Jimmy? What what does Russell Wilson's trade to Denver do to the Jimmy Garoppolo trade market? Well, it removes the team. It does, and, and we don't. You know, there's a chance General Patton would say we were never that interested. Uh, he would have been a desperate move for us. So he was. We had about seven different options before we got to that point. Is that fair? Uh, I mean, the spirit of what you're saying is fair. I don't. I have a hard time finding seven different options for them. But yes, I do agree with the spirit. seven would be strong. But like he was our last option of our of the options that we thought were viable. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't think they had a lot of great options. So I do think he was an option for them. But yeah, maybe they would have preferred to sign a younger player. Maybe they would have preferred to do a little more of a rebuild. Uh, I you know Drew Locke. I can't imagine their head coach wanted to come in and play year one with Drew Locke. So what would they have done? Tried to trade for Kirk Cousins? Tried to trade for... I think well, Aaron they're, was they're, probably they're, number one. Well, I'd say once he was an option, let's say the Russell thing hadn't fallen through, what if Nate Hackett was like, hey, man, let's just trade a third-round pick for a year of just try out Jordan Love. I like the guy and just kind of go from there. Yeah, could have. Yeah, it's a good point. Could have. Because anytime you're a first-year head coach, you do get that year one of just like, we're just trying some stuff out, you know? Yeah, would he prefer prefer to work with a player that he knows? Like Jordan Love, but um, Jimmy, does, they do know the same offense. So the I, offense yeah, I, my point, my ultimate point is they may not have loved that option. I do think it had to be a real consideration for Denver. Jimmy Garoppolo, he had to be. There just weren't that many options. One thing I, I saw a clip from uh, Dan Orlovsky today, and I think this is pretty clear. I've seen McAfee, who is kind of beaten around the bush because he doesn't want to crush him because he's in Indy. I think one thing is coming out. It's pretty clear about Carson Wentz. Had him in studio. Already apologized to Carson once, right? Why do you think? Yeah, why do you think Jimmy's going to become an option there if they get rid of Carson? Is because the 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 people that kind of have an idea and are trying to say it without totally crushing the guy of like Indy doesn't just not like him because of the play. He twenty seven and seven in his play. Besides the last two weeks, really wasn't as bad as I think the way people they don't like the guy that much. 
And which is crazy because Frank Reich was a. It's not crazy to me they don't like the guy, but it's crazy to me that they're suddenly shocked by this. Frank was around him, but but I do wonder if when Frank was around him, younger, a little more humble. I'm the humblest and just a little more normal when you're when you're new. Things are going well. Couple years removed, a lot of money, a lot of scar tissue. I wonder if he's a kind of a different human being, the the guy that they got. And the point being that one thing Jimmy does hang his hat on is character, leadership, and the guy. Right? It's it's well known people like him. So I, I do wonder, are the Colts now in play for Jimmy? Where you just kind of cut bait on Carson because you're out the pick and then I can just give you a fifth round pick and that's contingent on a third if he's my full-time starter this year when we make the playoffs so somebody um I saw the other day I don't remember who it was I wish I could remember I don't remember if it was I don't remember who it was but they quoted an old Baron Davis tweet a quote not a tweet their their line was Baron Davis once told me that money doesn't change you it just reveals who you really are that was a great quote um, but yeah, I could, I could see as it relates to Carson, but I could see Jimmy there because what do we always talk about with coaches is like teams tend to make an extreme adjustment. So you go from a hard ass coach to a friendly coach, you go from a soft coach to a hard ass coach. And I wonder if they would really value Jimmy Garoppolo's personality reliability, right? Unfortunately, he's not that reliable physically. I don't think you can say he's unreliable. Injured. He's, not, he's injured. He's injured right now. But I wonder if that would if they would really value that. Like, hey, we think that just being solid is going to be good enough. The problem is from a he's kind of as he's kind of like Carson from a play style standpoint. They're not the same, but there's just a level of unpredictability in a bad way with both of them. But I wonder if they would really value that. Like, let's just stabilize our locker room. Maybe they'd get a uh positive uh uh report on him already, right? They've got DeForest Buckner. Maybe that would be part of what they try to do. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. I don't think it's crazy. He did. He did officially have the shoulder surgery today. Now, anytime anyone ever gets surgery, especially a guy that is you know not a lock to come back on a team, but you could say even when a guy's coming back on a team, so surgery went great, perfect surgery, elite doctor nailed this one ten out of ten. Garofolo wrote that you know successful surgery, and the plan and the hope is that he'll throwing ahead of training camp. So I mean, we already knew that, but. I do believe we see this all the time with injuries is especially, I would say a serious injury and anytime that you have surgery March 8th. And I don't think you can throw till July. Like that's, that's not like, Hey man, he had a little cleanup. He'll be out two weeks. He should be able to train and, you know, by early May, this is, this is several months of rehab. There is no guarantee if I'm a team that he's ready by training camp. That we would, if you and I, if we were GM coach, an owner, GM, the conversation we would have, no matter what the doctor tells us, there is no definitive 100%, I trade for Jimmy if I'm the Colts, he is ready day one of training camp, right? We would have to go, it is a, it's a coin flip. Even if we saw the medical and and everyone said it's good, because how often do we see like a month from now, he's having some inflammation and it happens a lot with knee injuries, right? Non-ACL, like a little MCL. And then a couple months later, it's like, well, we've seen it with Wiseman. We, I think Jaron Jackson, who was basically Wiseman, but that, that shit happens sometimes. And these are younger players. I, I'd be nervous with the shoulder. I, I really would. You could argue like you would almost just, hey, man, we'll give you a flyer pick like 6th, 7th. Like your guy not only is not, in, is not only injured, there is no way any of us can know for certain that he will just be healthy by mid-August. Right, you can say that. 
Well, they uh, just did they just did that trade too for Carson, right? But he was healthy when they acquired him at least. No, no, I know. I'm I'm just saying like they just did a trade that was dependent on a quarterback who has they just did a trade that the compensation was dependent on the quarterback's availability because the quarterback had a history of unavailability. But that did cost a lot more than this one would cost, right? Because I, I, I'm at the point, really, like, I, when I see people tweeting about, like, we're, I, I am not worried about the compensation at all. It's just get them off your books, move on, and just pivot. Yeah, it, it feels like it would feel like a loss if they had to cut them and didn't get a fifth-round pick for them, right? Yeah, but my point is, like, when the season ended after it kind of went well, before you knew shoulder surgery, I think, you know, could they get like a third or whatever? And you start right, kind of right. getting greedy. You're like, then they'll have like three threes and a two and then a couple threes next year. Like, they got a lot of wiggle room. I don't even care anymore. If I'm I'm trying to put myself in Kyle or Parag, like, to me, it's okay. You can justify everything that the money you paid them, the pick you used to acquire them. Like, your ROI exceeded anything you gave them when he started at a quarterback for you two of the last three years, right? Just get rid of them and now pivot. I do wonder if Indianapolis's situation specifically gives the Niners, I'm not going to say leverage, but a team that would be incentivized to trade because they do have a lot of balls in the air, right? With this Carson Wentz thing. Like they don't want to pay, Car- they don't want Carson's contract um, to become what fully guaranteed of $27 million, whatever it is, on March 18th. But they also probably don't want to cut him if they don't have another option. And they wouldn't. It wouldn't be ideal for them to cut him and then have to go through free agency and try to beat other people out for Jimmy, even if they think they could get him. Like the trade would just give them some certainty in a situation that clearly has a bunch of moving parts for them. But there are other teams, like the Steelers, do not have a quarterback. There's rumor about the Saints, right? I mean, there are there are other teams that legitimately that's what I'm saying. don't like, have that's quarterbacks. Why you'd want to trade for him. Yeah. Well, I think there is my, my point is he's going to get traded, but I'm just oh, cool okay, with like okay. getting rid of him for if you told me it was like, hey, they got rid of him for a sixth, sixth this contingent, the best case scenario, it could be a fourth. I'd be like, that's fine, right? It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think great. you're too worried about like, you're not, you're not trading the player. The you're not trading the player we thought you were trading a month ago. Like you you're agree. Ultimately, John Schneider is kind of getting judged on the compensation. Like you're not really getting judged on the compensation. You, you will just get applied to just moving on from him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I apply to moving on. I'm just saying you'll just get just move on and, and people will just be, people are focused on the future, not worried about Jimmy. Right? Like ultimately John Schneider, to me the scary thing is like the number one thing they'll say about you potentially moving forward is not you were the guy that drafted Russell Wilson, it's you were the guy that traded Russell Wilson, even if he quote unquote wanted out, right? Especially if the next two or three years don't go well, Pete Carroll's gone, you chose quote unquote, it'll look, you know, you chose Pete over Russell. Russell it still has, I mean, well, what, they got, they, they got being it? one and seven written all over them and the Seattle doing a, a huge leak from the Seattle front office about all the Russell drama. Like it wasn't all us, man. We didn't, we didn't choose this life. <laughs> yeah, I know. Might even want to do that maybe in like April just to, and then redo it again during the season. Cause people forget <laughs> you're going to have to do some of that where to me, the Niners, which I hope doesn't happen, and it might. But, like, do they trade Jimmy and then release that, you know, they didn't really love how it all went down with the surgery? Because, they're you know, I've seen some rumors Hist- on the internet. Historically, it's not how they operate. Kyle is not operate. They just keep it to themselves and talk shit. Don't want to piss off Don Yee. No, you don't. 
And in fairness, I think Don would say, well, you fucking drafted a quarterback last year. Like, what? We're supposed to just, you don't listen to us. Why should we listen to you? Right. right? It yeah. is, you and I both talked off the podcast. Like, it was understandable if you're Don Yee. Like, if you push back the surgery a little bit to gain a little, put a little uh, juice in your guys' hands, right? Mm-hmm. Why do I just let the Niners do everything? Even if they claim, like, we're working with Jimmy. Like, a lot of teams act like that. We're working with this guy. <laughs> Well, did you guys call me first when you're talking deals, or do you call the other teams first? Right, you call the other teams first. You know, John Lynch doesn't call Don Yee after every phone call. Well, I think one thing that will be fascinating is when Jimmy's traded. Both the articles probably in like two weeks, like the Sando insider piece, right, or the Wickersham insider piece about really how the two camps work together. Right, like ultimately, Seattle had to work with Russell to get him to okay it, and ultimately, if they trade him before free agency, Jimmy has to okay it, right? Yes, and part of that—that's where you come back to compensation, right? If the Niners somehow get a trade that they're really happy with, then they're they have less incentive to badmouth Jimmy Garoppolo after he's gone. Yeah. If they have to cut him now, you're like, okay, we look bad. We have to explain why this happened this way, right? Agreed. So, um, other elements of this, we've gotten a lot of this, John, in the, uh, in the chat. Let me see if I can find one of these here real quick. Uh, Matthew now officially time for a Raider rebuild. And there are a lot of questions. That was the only one I saved here, but there are a lot of questions about Russell Wilson, the AFC West and the way things shake out. And you said earlier in the show, you know, let's just not assume you can't assume that Denver hits the ground running. One way to look at this is kind of make the case for why it's not as difficult from a Raiders perspective. You'd say, well, we think our coach is better. If I were going to craft it, I'd say we think our coach is better than the Chargers coach. I think you'd have to. You can say that with a straight face right now. You know Josh McDaniel is a much more accomplished coach than Nate Hackett, right? And well, and you could say the same thing about Denver. Yeah. And you'd say, well, maybe it takes Russell a little time to get going. I'm saying you'd say it about the – you might – you could make the case if you were the Raiders, you'd say that about – Two of the teams you'd say it about Staley, and you'd say that about Hackett. And now you made the point earlier, like it's not like Russell's coming in cold to this offense. He did learn Shane Waldron was his OC, didn't get him fired um, in Seattle. So there is that element. But you know, Pat Shermer's the OC in Denver. It's not exactly a McVeigh uh, minion. He, he is? Is he not? Who's Hackett's OC? I mean, Hackett's calling plays. Yeah, I think they fire. I think. Pat Shermer was fired. I think Hackett just it's Hackett. And maybe brought over one of the guys from uh from Green Bay. It's not Pat it's not Oh, that's right. He did bring the guy from Green Bay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad, bad uh, coach roster. Shermer uh, was Fangio's guy. Josh Outen is the yeah, OC, so I, which is the guy from Green Bay. I don't think you need to I mean I No. I you know, I, I I'm Listen, I, I would struggle to pay Derek in the one hundred fifty to one hundred fifty million range if I was Josh without spending a year with him. I would have no problem trying to build this team if Derek will play on the year, which I think we both kind of agree that you know he's less likely to do a hold out or a hold in. Like he's going to want to play for Josh. Though, I, if you're if we were his representation, like it's pretty clear no quarterback of his stature plays on the last year of his deal. Now it's unique circumstances because he's. Gruden got fired in the middle of the year. It threw everything out of whack. But to me, it's just, I think you could just try to have a good free agency, have a good draft, and just roll Derek back on the one-year contract. But we talked about it with 
Kime and Cliff, and that's not college football. It's like coaches never playing the last year of the deal, and they didn't. They got extended. It never happens in college football. It never happens with quarterbacks who are good. You know, it just it happens with backup quarterbacks, but not starting quarterbacks of Derek's top twelve ilk. Well, because so the 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 tag is not really something you want to do. Yeah. But but to me, if if he's worthy of a tag, then to me he's worthy of like doing a deal. Unless it's then it, to me, if they're tagging him, it's gotten kind of weird, right? That that'd just be a weird situation. But yeah. we're a year away from that. Now the I saw the quarterback tags twenty nine million dollars. I think this year that's nine million dollars more than he's making. And next year that quarterback tag with all these new contracts only going to go up. Right, it's the average of the top five. Like, what's the quarterback tag next year? Thirty six. So for him to go from 20 to 36, it's not the worst thing when he's already just made $140 million. I think one thing's clear. Did you see on Instagram? I didn't see on Twitter. You're not blocked, are you, on Twitter by Derek? Uh, I don't think so, but... He he uh, was... Uh, the CMAs, the Country Music Awards, were in Vegas, and he gave out the album. He gave out the album of the year. And I, I do think he takes a lot of pride in just the Raiders, the Vegas Raiders. He, he announced like... When he's wearing he, all black. He looked pretty good. He had a good looking look like Rolex on that he was like welcome to the home of us like like I, I think he takes a lot of pride he wants to be there I just yeah. think the contract thing is very very complicated for them and I'm I, I think to me it's one of the most fascinating things in the league like what are they gonna do are they just not gonna pay him and then is he just gonna be cool with it it's like yeah man I'm just focused on football we'll figure that out because in fairness if you're him you play well Josh not gonna be able to upgrade and they will pay you if you prove that you can go to the playoffs, but think how hard it is to go to the playoffs. Like, he is the fourth best quarterback, and he's not bad. He's a top 13, 14 quarterback. Mahomes is a top two quarterback. With Brady gone, yeah, he's definitely top two. Uh, Russell's a top five or six. Herbert, my friends in the NFL, had him valued just in a vacuum as a top five quarterback last year. That's well, why. John, if, if, if he and Russell were both available, the compensation you'd get for Herbert would far exceed what the Seahawks just got for Russell. So you have the worst quarterback in a division, and your quarterback's good. Yeah, I don't think it prevents them from going to the playoffs. No, it doesn't. Because Herbert, they they beat the Chargers last year when they had Herbert. I think they're okay. I, I think it fully comes down to what you're paying. And I think Derek Carr will ultimately um, not be in like... Now, Rodgers has since tweeted from the uh, Twitter account that he has where the emoji is just his bare foot. That yes, he is coming back to Green Bay, but the details of the contract that have been reported are not accurate. He hasn't signed it yet. The details that Rap Sheet said were four years, five hundred million with one hundred and fifty-three million guaranteed. You're saying Rogers said I'm in. Rogers said I am going to the At Packers, but don't believe the story that I have signed or that that those are the details of my contract. Uh, to me, if I'm a Packer fan, because it's like every time it's not done, it's like, okay, I'm I'm cool. Well, I saw in the chat like someone said like Rogers tweeted. I was like, oh god, what is this going to be? But it was just him basically like clarifying, but saying I'm back. Um, I don't think Derek's going to end up signing that contract. I think part of it is I think my, I expect Derek Carr to take less money. This is no inside information, but I think he values what you just said being in Vegas. I don't think he's going to make them or try to make them make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, which is what every quarterback eventually tries to become. If they sign a new contract, it's weird. Us, everyone listening, $20 million, we all sign up for make $20 million. 
But if you're making $20 million, even if you would give them a team-friendly deal, because now the numbers are going $45, $50 million, even if you would sign for like a four-year, $35 million a year, you are leaving $15 million on. Like that is, that's just a substantial amount of money. Yeah. And he has had his leg shattered before. What was, remember there was a Thursday night game that Mariota had to play because he got KO'd. He hurt his hand, or like he just—it's a violent game, right? At any moment, like your knee could get snapped. So it is just if we're as representation, it's like there is massive amount of risks, right? Even though you've, unlike like T.J. Watt or whatever last year, part of the reason like you've never signed a big deal, or even Lamar, like you're the thirtieth pick, thirty-second pick, you've never signed a big contract. Derek has, like Derek has more money than he'll ever know what to do with right now. He's set for life. His family's set for life. This, he was rich when we knew him, and he, he was a freshman in college. But th- it's just ulti- it's still business. Like it's just pretty risky. He had a nice uh, Hummer H two, and the 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 bag that you put on the spare tire was the DC logo, like the DC skate brand logo. That was look good. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it looks sweet. Do you agree though? Like ultimately, like even if I'm I'm cool with like I will give you a discount to help you build the team. I know you guys will. Right. Or at least I believe that what you're telling me, because in the book, Belichick told Brady that and then ended up not doing it. So it's like, I think you get very, very hesitant to trust people in the NFL because you've seen them go both ways, even though it behooves the Raiders. You would say when Derek's been there, the Raiders have been very aggressive, right? In his tenure as Raiders quarterback. Yeah. And you made that point on Sunday's show, and I, it was a good point. And I think, I, I think if I'm looking at it from the perspective of, okay, well, if I'm Derek and I'm making a pros and cons list, why would I take less money to be here? It was a groin well, injury. A groin, a groin injury. Groin. Um, what, look, obviously, I would prefer $50 million a year, but I've been here. I've been on this team. I haven't played in the playoffs. We've made the playoffs once. I wasn't available. I've had a multitude of different coaches. Played playoff, wa- game, played playoff game this year. Oh, yeah. I don't remember, really. I scrubbed that game, apparently, from my memory. It was a boy. Uh, it was a good ending. Um, that was a big deal, but I'm about to play quarterback for Josh McDaniels, who many people believe is one of the best offensive coaches in the league. I am not young anymore by NFL standards. I'm in my prime right now. If I'm going to make anything of my career from not a financial standpoint, but a legacy, what can I accomplish? People have said for years, I'm not whatever I'm not. There's no better place for me to be. I got Darren Waller here. The rugs thing. Yeah, but I got Renfro. There is no better place for me to be. I'm where I want to be. There's no state income tax here in Nevada. I, I, I think that I think the one issue, like you know, it's the Cincinnati game really isn't that memorable. Beside him kind of fucking up in the end, his memorable moment you would say of his career was that Charger game, Sunday Night Football. Ziegler and Josh had nothing to do with it, so like you don't get equity with them for that moment, right? Like if no. your coach was returning, you would get a lot of equity for that moment, being in the fight and having a good game and helping your team win that game, which is by far the biggest win of his career. I don't, there's not even a close second. That win, that moment in front of 30 million people, Josh was on the other side of the country getting ready for a playoff game right the next yeah. week. Yeah. So it's like that to me is you have to have those moments. Like if you had had a couple, like if this was Josh's second year, you'd be like, what are we doing? Just sign the guy. Let's rock and roll. But you don't get like that equity doesn't translate over when you get a new start. That's And that, that speaks for all these teams, good or bad, to get new head coaches. Unless you're an all-time great player like, LaFleur had to capitulate to Rodgers right when he showed up, right? There's just, but 
there is a small percentage of players on that level. Like Josh is Josh has more leverage than Derek right now. Right. That can change fast, right? If if Derek's cool, like, hey man, I'll play it out and you're five and oh and Derek's thrown thirteen touchdowns and looks awesome, you're like, Yeah, let's what are we doing? Let's just go all in on this guy. We can win with this player. But you have to develop equity to make them truly, truly believe, you know, these numbers, right? Well, the owner too, like Josh hasn't been there, but Mark Davis has, right? Well, he's been to all these games. I guess two years ago he didn't show up. Not to all of them. This the, the AFC West from a quarterbacking standpoint is just a ridiculous division. Like your defensive coordinator matters. Your well, defensive personnel matters. Well, it's got two Hall of Famers in their prime right now, right? Russell Mahomes. It's got, I would say, in our adult life, the fastest two-year start to a quarterback's career we've ever seen in Herbert. And Derek is just a you know top 13, 14 quarterback in the league. I think you could argue that Herbert's better than Russell right now, right? Yes. I think that like your buddies in the league who say he's top five, like I think that's probably part of what they're saying. He was better, better last year Russell. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He was better. Now, is he is he better? Time will tell. But right now, I, his stock is higher than Russell's. Now, Russell's stock is down. Russell could bounce back. And the fact is that the Chargers have kind of now we're two years into Herbert's career, which is not, it's not, I'm not blaming Justin at all, but they have not maximized what they've gotten from the quarterback position. Right. And there's a franchise they typically don't. Remember how good he was in that play in that game against the Raiders, though, Sunday night? It was not his fault they lost. He was awesome. No, no, I, I, let me be very clear. I'm separating him from full responsibility. He did They're, not. Like, he did not call a run up the gut on uh, fourth and one on their own 18. He no. actually uh, verbally said it when he got it called into his headset. Uh, there are there are just different types of divisions in the league, John. There's the AFC West from a quarterbacking standpoint, and then there's like the NFC South <laughs> or the NFC East. Yeah, you, know, you just think about the quarterbacks in some of these divisions. So many. Uh, so it's a memorable day in league history. Memorable, it is a memorable day. But it, God, it, it, to me, they're just even when Watson gets traded, it's not it's not the same. There's a chance we don't see this for another decade. A guy like Russell Wilson, a decade into his career, first bout Hall of Famer, still awesome, gets traded. It's just it doesn't happen in the NFL, which I think is good. Like I think this makes it healthy. Like yeah, this is totally this is why the league thrives. Well, like, I mean. I, Joe the franchise was 30, tag's good for the NFL. Joe was 36, 37. Star movement is not good for sports. But age, age inflation, what would you say Joe's, the mileage on his body, wouldn't you say were the equivalent of like a 43 back yeah, in 92? It's, no, it's – and now 33 now is like being 28 then. Yeah. I mean, he's had one injury. It was a mallet finger, right? <laughs> Joe had like reconstructed back, shoulders, elbows. Yes, Joe Joe's, Joe's medical chart looked like an 85-year-old just Remember the uh, visual in the was it the, was it the playoff game against the the Houston Oilers where his elbow looked like the size of a volleyball? What was up with Montana's elbow? Oh yeah, that's right. And that was like after the fact. He wasn't hurt in that game. It was no. he had had the that was the Chiefs game, right? The first year, I think. Isn't that just that's just what it looked like when he was there. He could still throw. Yeah. It's like it just it's swelled. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, uh, it's funny. The NFL just has the right amount of stuff. Like the stars don't get traded, but man, when they do, it's rare enough and it's big enough. I'm still kind of shocked at the compensation. I am too. Holy smokes. All right. If uh, anything else breaks, 
you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded this afternoon or whatever happens, you know where to find us. This has been a uh, great pod, everybody. Thanks for hanging. If you're here on the YouTube, um, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to the podcast, same. I, to me, to me, Jimmy, I'm good Thursday morning or Sunday at about lunch. Yeah, don't give me a Saturday 7 p.m., please. Don't you, Parag, John, Kyle, I swear to God, if you go like Friday night, I'm gonna. Stafford was a Friday afternoon, right? Or like late morning, maybe? Stafford was a mid midday? That that will not be cool. Lynch was a, John Lynch, remember that was a big one, that was a Sunday night. Wait, was, Staff, was Stafford a Saturday night? I don't remember. Something, there was a Saturday night something. What was it? Was it the Niners trade? The Niners trade to three, I think, was a Saturday. I think Stafford was a Friday. I could be wrong about this timeline. I think the Niners trade was a Saturday evening. I don't even like that. Um, <laughs> no, we have we have requirements here. We don't care about what you do so much as we care about when you do it. Yeah, to me, it's just the timing. It's the timing. I, I'm not trying to jinx it. Again, we have no control over this. It does feel like they got Friday afternoon written all over them, don't they? The Niners? Yeah. Well, what what's the what what day of the week is the 16th the next week? And then come back three days to the 13th. Uh, Wednesday is when free agency actually starts. So Wednesday. And so Sunday is tampering. So you're right. Stuff actually starts happening a couple days before tampering. I think I think the tampering starts like well, I mean, starts <laughs> uh, started. Uh, full go. <laughs> uh, officially. Yeah. I think it officially starts. They basically Monday. give three days, right? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And then just it starts like 10 a.m. And then Schefter will have like 17 tweets at 10.01 or 1 o'clock or whatever the time is. It'll immediately be like, whoa. It's a consummation like, sensation. It feels like a lot of deals are just going to get blown out of the water on Monday and Tuesday. Remember, it was like, Adam Silver is not comfortable with this. It doesn't really ever feel like Roger's not like Roger's like, these guys just fucking do what you guys do. Yeah, kind of. But then Russell steals his thunder and he's got to like. Has Aaron ever tweeted at the Packers before? I, I, I think that move was a little bit like, listen, I've given the go ahead. So I'm going to get some credit like, hey, guys, I'm coming back. But there's no, it's not done yet. It's a little weird. But I also think you want the credit for like, it's not done yet, but guys, I'm coming back. So g- give me a give me a BJ in the replies, because that's what he's getting right when you do that. Because then he does the love thing emoji. Like that's that's for the fans, correct? Uh, yeah, we're at. Uh, you want to read? Uh, why did you come back though? Do you believe the Packers are going to give you the players you need to get over the hump? I have my doubts, bro. <laughs> Bears fan two twenty two. Analyst T Smith. Um, it's a shame media outlets continue to post fake news, Aaron. Oh, but that one came from Ballsack Sports, so that's just having fun. Uh, uh, right on. Congrats, man. You want to get together and celebrate and rip a bunch of shots of Jaeger and listen to the Foo Fighters for old time's sake? <laughs> Who's that? Uh, David Bakhtiari? Uh, Kyle Cousineau. Is Kyle lifelong Packer fan. Um. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of not a lot of. I mean, God, I I love a good comment section. I God, isn't it the best? It's hard to beat. Well, tw- Twitter's had some some challenges over the years, but the comment section has gotten progressively. Comment section far. is strong. 
Um, anyway, so all right. Thanks for hanging with us, and uh, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your tell tell everybody in between people. You just just don't tell them. You know the people you like. Don't tell them. We don't want them. We want that your hate your 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 loved ones and your haters. That That's- might be our move. It's just like whoever you hate and they know you hate and they hate you. Just shoot them like, hey man, you might like this podcast. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> no, it's like do do be positive. Be like, oh, hey I man, see. here's a here's a podcast. Enjoy. I see. Because you would never expect that text, right? That's a good point. Like if I just sent Ryan Grixon a text right now, like, hey man, uh, you see this player? He might get drafted in the fifth round. So thought you might like for the Minnesota Vikings. No, Check yeah, him out. Yeah. <laughs> like just reading this Lance Zerline right up. Thought you might like this guy. Yeah, feel, this player feels right up your alley. Could really help you guys out in the interior offensive line. Good luck, buddy. What if he drafts him? It's like, you know, I hate to admit this, but Middlecoff found him. That son of a bitch. A spite share. We're just kidding. Me and McAfee still hate you. McAfee? McAfee hates him. Oh, you and McAfee. Got yeah, me, me and McAfee. Because <laughs> he told McAfee, like, he used to yell at McAfee. I remember before Pat became a big thing, like one of the first stories I ever heard him tell once he left, one of the driving reasons was how mean his general manager was to him and made him question how much he loved football. I was like, <laughs> I, and I remember Buddy sharing this with me. It's like, oh my God, we can relate to Pat, this punter. Because he, he wasn't Pat McAfee at the time. He was just Pat McAfee, kind of the goofy punter. But it was like, it really resonated with all of us. Like he was just so, he was just so adamant. He's like, the things this guy was telling, it was like, I've never been talked to like this. And I worked for Bill Polian, you know? Uh, El Marco says Niners trade for three was a Friday afternoon while in Max Pro Day. I remember getting the notification at work. Says JD, it was a Friday. All right. Well, whenever it happens, we've got our uh, our power our power list of uh, of days. But anyway, what a day! You good? You good? You good yeah. for now? Yeah. All right. Thanks for hanging, everybody. Good to have you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.